Hey, what's going on, world? It's your boy Toby the Minstrel, and I'm here to welcome you guys to this new podcast series called The Formula Marcano. In this podcast, we'll be hearing from Marcano herself, and she shares with us her life stories, her journey to becoming an artist, and how she managed to release an EP with a budget of five grand. She'll also be educating us on how to establish yourself as an independent artist and how to take care of your business in the music and entertainment industry. With that being said, I'd like to welcome you to the Formula Marcano. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, world? It's your boy, Toby, Toby the Minstrel, and I'm out here with the homie, the big homie, Megan Marcano. Just about to get to know her a little bit, hear a little bit about what she has to say, her background, where she's coming from, what she's doing, and uh, just what she wants to offer the world. So, uh, Megan, would you like to introduce yourself? Let us know who you are. Yes, I'm Megan Marcano from Houston, Texas. Hey, it's lit. Yep. It's lit, it's lit. Megan Marcano. And you go, your artist name is Marcano. You go by Marcano, correct? Yeah, Marcano is actually my last name, and uh, I just prefer to use my last name than my first name. I think it just gives me a little bit more spice and edge, you know? Yeah, definitely. I love that. I love that. That's your whole government right there. When we say Marcano, <laughs> yes. we say the clan. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, love it. yeah, the clan. Yeah, bringing the family in, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's amazing. So you just mentioned that you were from Houston. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, just Houston, with, you know, being that you're from there. Uh, just let us know about, you know, your vibe in Houston. Uh, yeah, growing up in Houston was really lit. It's always hot. There's always a barbecue. There's always a family outing. There's always some kind of something happening. Um, I actually miss Texas and um, just, yeah, just being there with my family and stuff. Um, awesome. Yeah. You said you miss Texas. So where are you now currently? Oh, that's a good question. I'm in New York City. I've been here for four years now. Oh. Um, I love New York City, but Houston will always be home. That's where my family is from. Um, that's where my family is currently living. So I try to visit, you know, at least a couple times a year and show some love to them and to like some, you know, old friends from high school and stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty dope. I love that. I love that. Welcome to New York. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this so your place. This your city. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm I'm here. I'm king of New York all day, every day. <laughs> there you go. No shot to Takashi, but you know, I'm out here holding down my throne <laughs> as well. <laughs> so uh what was your childhood like? Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Like talk to me a little bit about your family and also your environment. Uh yeah, I mean looking back on it, it was really rough. I mean, I try to my best to appreciate it now, but you know, it's that classic story of, you know, mom with a bunch a single mom with um, without the dad in the picture. And um, she had six kids. We like lived in a trailer park. It was kind of rough. You know what I mean? Um, but she was a very open, uh, free spirited woman. So it gave me the space to uh, explore and see new things without being supervised as much. Right. I mean, I got into a hell of a lot of trouble, hey. but I mean, um, at the end of the day, I do appreciate um, my upbringing, though it was pretty rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that. Definitely hear that. Um, mm -hmm. And you said, I remember you saying that it was like always hot down there. What was that like just growing up in like such a hot climate? And, and how does that compare to you even being in New York now where we actually experience all four seasons? Oh, man. You know, these four seasons are killing me, yo. Yeah. It's uh, it's May and it's still 40 outside. I, it's pissing me off. I ain't gonna lie. 
Um, but yeah, I, that's what I miss most about Texas is the heat. Like just growing up, you know, I just remember shorts on, mm-hmm. hair wild and out, and we just running out the block. You know what I mean? Oh, There's, yeah. uh, we grew up next to a bayou and there were woods, so oh. we were always like being adventurous outside. We were just outside kids playing hide and go seek, cops and robbers. Uh, that whole that whole thing, ding dong ditch, that whole thing. So. We were always outside causing ruckus and trouble, and um, that's that's what I definitely miss. <laughs> yeah, y'all were definitely out there like some Bay Bay's kids. <laughs> oh, we were the Bay Bay kids of the trailer park, yo. <laughs> oh, that's that's dope. You have uh, any siblings? Yeah, there's there's six of us. So um, I have an older brother, two older sisters, mm. one younger brother, and one younger sister, and um, I fall right in the middle. Oh man, that's a full house. Yeah, it's a whole full house, yo. <laughs> so you said y'all used to play Ding Dong Ditch? Yeah. How? Who? Why? When? And where? <laughs> Yo, okay. So about like, you know, when the, when the sun comes down a little bit, kids start to get rec- a little bit more reckless. Yeah. Just around the trailer park, just walking, you know, to somebody's house and knock on the door real quick and then run away. Y'all never played that game? I mean, in New York, in New York, that could be a little dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You go mess around and 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 try knock to knock on di- the wrong door. Yeah, ding dong, ditch a trap house. That might be. That might be it. <laughs> but it's Facts. All, it's all good. I love it. I love it. So you're an artist, Megan. Um, yeah. And uh, would you like to tell me about uh, one of your earliest or fondest memories of your introduction to music and and how the love that you have for music was developed from just that early childhood age? Yeah, for sure. Like in the trailer park, it was just always, my mom always had music blasting. Like my earliest memory of her uh, is her cooking in the kitchen um, and all the windows up and she's just blasting all kinds of music. Like her playlist was all over the place. So she listened to Janet Jackson, she listened to Nine Inch Nails, she listened to Barbara Streisand, she listened to a a whole range of things. So from my mother, of course, and then also from my brother, Robert, who just loved rap music, like he just loved rap music. Like he would have the door open um, outside and um, just rapping UGK with his shirt off, you know. So all that whole, all that UGK, all that UGK and stuff, still hits home for me. So I, I still bump them till till this day. <laughs> oh, that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So you come from what it seems like to be a musical family. Yeah, I would say so. Um, though that's my immediate family, and then my my mom's two brothers. They're both guitar players. So. Um, they're excellent guitar players. Like oh. they, they play. Jimi Hendrix was his first love, and and they play really well. So, um, yeah, there's there's music all in my childhood. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, me too. So, um, let's transition a little bit. Talk to us about uh your teenage years. What was life like? You know, during that period, were you still in Houston, or you know, what what, what was the deal? Yeah, I was in Houston, but at that time I was already uh, like we had a situation with my family and it just like blew us all apart. So I was moving from place to place around that time. So um, during my teenage years, I had lived with maybe four or five different families. So, um, yeah, it was kind of scattered and all over the place. So I experienced a lot of Houston, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The suburbs, 
from the woodlands all the way to Third Ward, all the way to Acres Home, like I, all the way to Greens Point, Northside. Like mm. I was everywhere in Texas. So, so you lived in every hood. <laughs> yeah, I lived in every hood, yo. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I got people in every hood. <laughs> mm, mm. And, and you yeah. said uh, that you know your family got basically just just spread out and split apart. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Just you know, let us yeah. know what that was like. Yeah, so my mom was just into the wrong guys, you know what I mean? And at this particular time, I guess she was really, really with the wrong guy. And um, I'm not sure too much what happened to this day because I was young, but she got arrested and he got arrested. And once they got into custody, like all the kids, we were just kind of on our own for a long time. So um, from 12 on up, I had just been really pretty much on my own, just trying to figure it out and navigate who I was as a kid, you know? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. See, for yeah. all y'all listening, I, I just want to point out that Marcano is a real one because at 12 years old, she was out here holding it down, you know? Holding um, it down. I mean, <laughs> I, I can only imagine not a lot of 12-year-olds actually had what it take to be out on their own and trying to navigate life without their parents, you know, without their siblings, without their family. And so, you know, just big ups to you, Megan, for just for, for just Thank not you. being another statistic, but definitely being one who actually made it. Thank made you. It yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I fought my my damn hardest because everyone around me at that time was telling me I wasn't going to be shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wanted to do the exact opposite um not only to just prove a point but just to also do better for myself like i just also wanted better for myself and i knew i just always felt that there was something better for me so i kept fighting for that right right yeah and so you said you practically lived in almost every hood in houston and so i'm yep. assuming that you were probably living with different host families or different you know foster parents or what have you what was that like you know moving from from house to house and also knowing that you know one house may be completely different from another house or one family completely different from another family how would you say you know just having to manage how you just lived within the household um affected you your personhood and how you became to be marcano today that's a great question yeah so um i actually didn't go into foster care because i like when the whole day when my mom got arrested they tried to take me to foster care but uh, I called a friend and she came to pick me up. So I was just kind of doing it on my own outside of the system. But just uh, the effects of moving from house to house really put way down on me because each time I moved with somebody, they would tell me, Megan, we love you so much. You're going to be here forever. Like you're going to be here till you graduate college. Don't worry. This is your home now. And then some shit pop off and then they moved me to another place. So it was just that feeling of being a burden to everybody, a feeling mm -hmm. of being, you know, pretty much worthless. And like, I, I didn't have a place in the world and nobody really wanted me. I just felt really unwanted. And feeling that as a child really carries out into your adulthood. So that's something that I still work on today. And um, I think that's where Marcano was really born because, you know, that's when I really started to dig into myself and my artistry because that's all I had that was my own. Yeah, I hear that. I hear yeah. that. I mean, and, and I think that's it's amazing that, you know, you mentioned that it's something that followed you into your adulthood, but also something that you're working on. Yeah. Um, nobody definitely wants to be a burden to anybody else or feel like they're just this constant weight on right. another individual. But right. at the same time, um, I can see. And well, let me ask you this. Do you think that um, just that experience put you in a position where it gave you the mentality of a go getter? 
and somebody who's very ambitious and try to blaze their own trail because you've it seems like you know for a good portion of your life that you've had to navigate through life on your own do you would you say that those experiences helped you to become like just this independent woman yeah i definitely think so um you know during all my teenage years i got into dance before i got into music mm-hmm. and uh just being able to to express my emotions through movement really helped me find my own power within my own self mm-hmm. that I didn't know that was there because nobody was there praising me saying, Oh, Megan, that's great. Or, you know, no one was really up, oh, there uplifting my spirit. So the only thing that really was uplifting my spirit was dance. Mm-hmm. So that really gave me the power to say, you know what? I do have, I do have power within me. I can see it. I can feel it while I'm dancing, you know? Yeah, that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So how did you get introduced to dance? Do you remember like how that started? You know, like what your first initial interaction with dance was? Actually, you know what, Toby? I do remember. Yeah. It was in the eighth grade mm-hmm. and I went to a show after school and they were they were performing the Lion King mm. and this dancer named Krishanda. Shout out to Krishanda. Shout out to Krishanda. Shout out to her because she was the lion. And she did this leap across the stage. And when I saw that girl leap across the stage like that, I was like, oh, I have to do this. So um, when I when I went to ninth grade, that's when I really started to, to get into dance. Wow. So yeah. that was your one defining moment. The that was my defining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like <laughs> in a ghetto, like, you know, it was an acres home. Yeah, it was yeah. like a public school. But, you know, it's, it, 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 it got my heart. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. And you said this was in the eighth grade. Yeah, this so, was in eighth grade. So in, in some cases you were technically a late bloomer. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's yeah. dope. That's so yeah. dope. That's so dope. Yeah. Um and um as far as, you know, dancing, um, when you entered into high school uh doing dance, uh what can you talk to us about some of just your experiences? Because it seemed like it brought you a great sense of joy and fulfillment. So can you just talk to us a little bit about what dancing was like during that period? Yeah, for sure. Dancing um put me on the right track because during middle school I was being real bad like I just was acting out just because I I felt like what's the point of being uh, you know a straight A student if no one gives a damn you know what I mean so I just kind of threw everything to the back and was like fuck everything but when I got to to high school is when you have to get good grades to be on the dance team so that's when I turned my life around and I was like, okay, I'm gonna start paying attention to class. I'm gonna stop skipping class. Like I'm gonna be in there and I'm gonna do my best. And um, yeah, so I went to the dance teacher and was like, hey, I don't really have any money, but I really wanna do this. And you know, she she helped me out. She let me clean and gave me free classes. Um, so I, hu- I hustled for my spot in the company, but that's definitely what changed my changed my whole attitude about life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that's amazing. I think it's very important just as people that, you know, we find whatever it is that we love or whatever it is that we're good at, that we're passionate about and right. use that to, to keep us on track and, and point us in the right direction so that we can live progressive lives and not just exist, you know, right. and just be here. So I, I think that's absolutely amazing. And yeah. um, even so, during your teenage years, uh, were you doing any, besides dance, were you doing anything else uh, musically during that period? Like, were you singing or was anything of that nature happening at that period? You know what? I was really, I was really just dancing. It wasn't until um, Sweet Charity that we were putting on the, the um, play Sweet Charity. Mm-hmm. And there was a part where the dancers had to sing. So the choir teacher came and he taught us a song. And then... Uh, 
then we had to audition and sing and he was like oh snap Megan you can sing and I was like can I and he was like <laughs> yeah and so he like uh he gave me a little solo like a little singing solo and that was the first time I ever got to sing in front of people and I was like oh okay maybe I can do this too Man, talents and gifts just showing up. Yeah, just showing like, up. Yeah, <laughs> Megan was really you. So you didn't even know you could sing until high school. Yeah, I did. I, I had no idea. I really didn't. That's 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 crazy. You yeah. Know? And I, but I think I think it's great though, and I think it's amazing, and, and I'm so happy hearing your story because, um, you know, a lot of people would have figured a lot of this stuff out from since they were five, six years old that oh, I can do this. I possess this knowledge. I possess this talent. But for you, the fact that it never became too late. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's yeah. so amazing about your story is that um, as you are now, it's like, okay, yeah, I had a crazy childhood, but yeah. still yet I was able to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do with my life. And, and I'm fully pursuing that. So, so again, big ups to you, man, because you a real one out here. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. Because like a lot of kids like growing up like that, they don't have the opportunity to blossom their talents because they're so worried about what they're going to eat that night. So worried about where they're going to sleep at night. Like that consumes your whole mentality. You know right. what I mean? So just being blessed to have the space, like just school, you know, school is so important just because it gives you the space to um, explore without the burden of your, your home life. If you have, if you have that. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. That's good. I'm loving this. I'm loving this, Megan. You're a dope person. You're a dope artist. And I'm definitely, you know, just just can't wait to see what, what comes of, of, of this <laughs> individual, what comes of your creative mind. Um, did you attend college? Yeah, I did, actually. You did? Um, uh, tell me about your college experience. What was college like? Uh, was it a go-away type of situation? Did you stay at home? What, what was that like? Uh, so yeah, I, I went straight to the dorms cause at the time I was living with this crazy ass family and I was trying to get away from them oh, man. and, um, yeah, so <laughs> I was trying to get away from them. So I got accepted to Denton college, uh, Texas women's university, which is like 30 miles out of, outside of Dallas. Mm. And, um, it was great, yo. It was really, really small town. It's something that I wasn't used to. Um, but it was a good resting space for me. Like, um, it took me five years to graduate instead of four because I had a I had a period where I just got really, really sad and depressed. And like, you know, everything that I had went through up until college had caught up to me and I just needed to lay down for a year. And, you know, I let myself cry and lay down and relax for a year. And then um, I checked myself into therapy so that I can get my shit back together and uh somebody can help me process my trauma because i was trying to do it on my own um but it, re it really helped to have someone there to to help me process my trauma so uh for that college that's why i'm grateful for college all the learning and all that shit was whatever but um i'm really grateful for the space to just process my trauma and um also dance i was dancing and singing at the time oh that's dope okay yeah so yeah let's break this down a little bit so um, first thing you mentioned that you you checked yourself into th therapy to try to get yourself together. Um, yeah. Talk to us about how important that was for you to make sure that you know you got your at, at least your mental health and your mental strength like up to par so that way you can actually take on life. Yeah, I mean, cause I I feel like you know I see I also see something special in myself 
regardless of what everyone has told me my whole life like they they've been trying to take something away from me my whole life so i figured that it is something special that i have and i i wanted to honor that so i i checked myself into therapy just to like um i know i have further to go but i'm not gonna make it there unless i get this part done um so it was kind of like a checkpoint so you either pass this checkpoint or you go back to the beginning and ain't no way in hell i'm going back to the beginning (laughs) right so (laughs) i had to get get myself back back up to the checkpoint and um i'm really grateful for that experience in therapy it was two years and um i just needed to talk and share and cry and uh, I needed someone to help me with their skills of processing um, to learn how to process myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if I if I went to therapy, if I didn't go to therapy, I don't think I would have made it this far for sure. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's when people start to give up, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that you, you know, you got the help that you needed because um, it was only for your benefit, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. So that that's amazing. And you said you were dancing also in college, right? Yeah, yeah. I was dancing at the time. I I came in as a dance major, but uh then then it was just too much for me. I just didn't I didn't fit in how I wanted to to the program. Okay. Um what, what like kind I of, just what kind of dancing uh was it like uh yeah, what kind of dancing that's was it? That's a great question. Yeah. yeah, it was more it was more modern dancing and I had came from um a very like ballet background and uh kind of jazz and we were focused on competitions and stuff but in in Denton in Texas and and in that college the dance program is more um modern and like intuitive as a person more mm-hmm. so um but I just wanted more like the dance program was great it taught me a lot about performing it taught me a lot about choreography and timing and rhythm um but i also just wanted more so i also wanted to sing and i wanted to sing with the group so i started to double major in singing vocal performance hey and Mm -hmm. so did you decide to pursue singing because of that experience that you had in high school when your one teacher told you that you could sing absolutely i see why that's so dope that's so absolutely dope. yeah so how and did I, that same guy the same teacher who told me that i was trying to get him to teach me forever but he had changed schools oh so i was just like man i need to i need to find it somewhere you know yeah yeah no that's dope and so did you end up graduating from school or did you leave early or uh i ended up graduating it okay. took me four years to graduate but nonetheless i did it yeah 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 <laughs> um Amazing. yeah so it took me four years to get it done but you know, eventually I, I walked across that stage and, um, yeah, I was just proud to, to finishing and accomplishing it, you know? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we proud of you. Hey, <laughs> thank you, Tub. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, since you finished school, um, what have you been up to? Like, what have you been doing with life? Um, where are you now? Well, so right after I graduated, I had a friend who saw a video of me dancing and he was like, I think you should apply to Ailey, mm. um, which is Alvin Ailey, a dance school in New York City. Right. So I auditioned in Texas. They had an audition in Texas and I made it. And um, uh, I worked my ass off to get like $5,000 to move to New York City. I was teaching dance classes and private lessons um until i got enough money to to make it to new york city and then i moved to new york city to study dance for a year okay yeah that's that's dope 
So, yeah, that was back in like 2016. 2016? Okay. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about your, your Alvin Ailey experience. I know that's like a very um, prestigious dance institution, like, yeah. for, especially for the African Americans. So yeah, I, I, yeah uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I made a lot of friends. The school is very, it was just so nice to follow um, a curriculum that's so articulate. It was such a beautiful experience to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, although it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, I, like, I enjoyed the experience for it, yeah. the experience of it. But after six months of it, I was like, okay, I get this. I'm pretty good. Like, I, I moved with intentions of being in the company later on. Right. But then, like, political um, like political stuff happens, and then they push it back a year, and political stuff happens, they push it back a year. And uh, I just didn't want to be there for three years trying to be in the company for two years because it's only a two-year contract. Wow. Um, so I wanted to figure out something else that I can do that will give me a longevity in, um, in, in everything. So I left the school and then ever since I've been trying to pursue music and dance like I want to put them together together. that's my goal yeah okay so um what were you doing you know at the time I guess to to support yourself because you know New York I've I've been in New York practically all my life for the most part I mean I I left for, for high school and in college but I've been here practically most of my life and New York is a real expensive city (laughs) <laughs> so sure. how were you you know while you were at at Ailey and even after how were you like managing and you know just trying to keep up with paying your bills and keeping your rent paid and all of that talk to us a little bit about that Ooh, let me tell you that was that was a real experience that I will keep in my back pocket forever and I'll know to how to handle my money better mm-hmm. but um yeah, so while I was at Ailey, I got a job at um, this place called Dirty French in the Lower East Side. I was okay. a host at the time, right. um, which is not a lot of money. Um, so it was really hard because I was taking Ailey is 20 classes a week. Yeah. So I was taking class from 8 a.m. to 4.30. Wow. And then I would run to the Lower East Side and work from 6 to like 1 Mm a.m. and then do it all over again so of course I got burnt out because that schedule for six months and trying to be on your best dance game was uh insane Mm. yeah yeah that sounds sounds type crazy yeah, it was like crazy. I was eating dollar slice pizzas. Oh, man. You that know what I mean? It, I had a hor- Right. <laughs> yes. That stuff will rot you from the inside out. Yes, dude. So I'm like on no sleep, on shitty food, yeah. and, you know, just trying to make the shit work. But uh, after Ailey, mm-hmm. I got... I moved up to being a cocktail server. Okay. So that was a little bit more money. Um, Mixing up but, them drinks real good. Yeah, yeah. Mixing <laughs> up them drinks real good. Serving them drinks, you know. Um, it was a cute, fun time, you know, just yeah. being hot and sexy and in, in like Lower East Side and Ain't serving drinks and making money. You know what I'm saying? Not it was, wrong with it. Right. It was fun. I mean, it's late hours, but it was fun, yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty dope. That's cool. Yeah. And so... um. So at work, so I know that you went to college and you ended up becoming like a double major, right? And you did dancing and both singing. Um, but I want to ask you this. At what point in your life did you decide to become a music artist? Like what was your aha moment to become a music artist? 
My aha moment was freshman year, actually, mm. because I was still living with that family at the time. And um, it was like, you know, Thanksgiving or some break that I was there. Um, and I just remember being at home by myself and I just started singing. I was cleaning and I just started singing to myself. And I was like, and I just started making little songs. And I'm like, damn, these little songs are actually pretty good. Right. And um, ever since that moment, I have been trying to figure out myself as a as an artist. Because I, I just want to combine music and dance. I never want to turn my back on my um, all the hard work that I put in for dance. But I, I also want to honor my singing. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm still trying to figure out how to combine them. Right. Okay, that's yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you'll figure it out. Yeah, pretty sure you figure it out. It's definitely a journey and a process because you're dealing with two completely talents, two completely different talents, and two completely different gifts um, right. that do that can work cohesively if right. done properly. But again, you're just figuring out who you are and how they both work for you. So yeah. definitely looking forward to seeing how that that merger takes place. Hey, me too. <laughs> um, and so you're also a songwriter, correct? Yes. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you developed that skill. You know, because people, you know, I've seen people who are out here who have amazing voices, you know, whether it be singing or rapping. But when it comes down to just the creation of the music themselves, it's like it's not really there. So, you know, yeah. a lot of people can be music artists, but not necessarily songwriters. But the fact that you possess that. Talk to us a little bit how you developed that skill. Well, I give this credit to... My older brother, Robert, may he rest in peace. He passed in in 2005. Yeah. Um, But kudos to him because that song, Slow Out and Banging, All In My Trunk, Trunk Full of Funk, I Ain't Never Been a Punk. It's like the the biggest song in in Texas. That Slow Money Done, like it's the biggest song in Texas. It's that shit. it, It will never die. It's the biggest freestyle. And one day he was just like, you need to learn this song. (laughs) and he just sat me in the room with the computer and he gave me a pen and a paper and he said write these lyrics down you need to know this song and I'm like he's like don't come out until you finish so I sat there for a couple hours I learned it I learned it I learned it so I didn't need the paper anymore and then he made me like perform it for him so then I did it for him and like Ever since that moment, I'm like, okay, this is something that I really, really enjoy, and I want to really, really continue. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's 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 fire. Yeah, big ups to Robert. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah, <laughs> rest in peace, rest bro. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's crazy. So, you're currently working on an EP, right? Yeah. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what's inspiring you and driving you to do this particular project. Yeah. Um. You know, I just want want to be heard, honestly, and I want to understand myself and I want to it's it's a very spiritual journey for me. Okay. Um so I think that's why it's taken me a little bit longer than I expected. Um I've written a couple of songs that I enjoy for myself, but I'm but I also question like um is it the right identity that I'm looking for? Yeah. It's just, yeah, I just want to be really meticulous to what I put out because my whole life I have been misunderstood and labeled as something that I'm not, you know, so I, I just don't want to repeat that again. Um, so I'm just 
trying my best to find the most authentic self in me. Um, and it's taken a lot of self work before writing even comes to partake. Mm -hmm. It yeah, so um doing a lot of self work, self care and um yeah. Oh, to that's... inspire to inspire the writing. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I love that because my next question was actually going to be, what do you hope to gain from this experience as an artist? But you kind of said it like, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are and making sure that um, not only is this a spiritual journey, but um, making sure that you're you're definitely not overlooking like your self-care and self-help and digging deep to figure out like not only what your identity is, but making sure that you're sharing um, who you are with the world around you, as opposed to what everybody may have labeled you as. So uh, I think I think this is yeah. definitely great. Yeah, that, and then also, um, you know, I want to do that for myself so that I can do that for others in turn. Right. Because I feel like my gift is not necessarily um, just music, but I think it's also to help heal people. So mm -hmm. I'm like, if I can't heal myself, how can I help heal others? Okay. So I'm working on my healing so that, you know, in concert, when the album comes out, when people listen to it, like it can help soothe whatever they're going through. So it's a it's a very spiritual uh, give and take for me. Yeah. And that's why I take it really, really seriously. And I don't just put anything out there just to to get the gloat. You know what I mean? I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I just want to, you know, help people in their in their spiritual journey. Got it. And this is your first EP, correct? Yes, this okay. is my first one. First, first time's the charm. <laughs> hey, it really first, is. First time's the charm. So um, what do you want your audience and your fans to take away from this EP? You know, I just want them to, to take away, like, um, I was thinking about Lauren Hill the other day, mm -hmm. and I was also thinking about Mary J. Blige the other day. Shout out to the legends. Hey, shout out to the legends, yo, <laughs> yeah. for real, because they honestly they do represent, you know, that girl from the hood who who came up and that girl that's not supposed to make it, but she made it like I just want to represent that for, you know, all the kids, the um, the young adults who are kind of, you know, not sure where they are going in life or you know those kids who didn't grow up with anything i hate the word underprivileged but i hear it everywhere on the news like um underprivileged communities unserved communities whatever the hell that's supposed to mean right. um but to my community like i just want to be a person that's that is an example that out of any circumstance you can really really make it as long as you put your mind to it and you know you put the the small ladder steps and take your time and you'll finally and you'll get there you know it's not about a race it's not about um shining on instagram it's just about really really digesting your journey and and taking your time with it so i just want them to you know enjoy it but i also want them to to be soothed by it to learn from it and uh, i hope it helps them grow because it definitely helps me grow heard heard and yeah. this is also a little a little plug. Um, well, I guess yeah, you will plug us in a little bit. But what do you, you want your audience or your fans who are listening to this podcast series to take away from not just the podcast, but also what do you want them to learn about this? And and what is this podcast series about? Lit, love that. So yeah, this podcast series is me on the journey of making this EP and. Um, it's taken me a couple years and I definitely want to give that um, 
the small actionable steps that they can take if they want to make an EP themselves, if they just want to write a song, if they want to just hear the backstage of it so that they can develop an artist, whatever it is that they want to take from it, I want them to take from it. And I'm going to give those, um, you know, small tips and stuff about how to get your group together, how to use your money wisely, how to work with a producer, uh, how to put your songs in order, just anything that can can help them um, in their journey of of making whatever art they're trying to make. So that's fire. That's fire. And my last question for you um, is, are there any words of encouragement or advice uh, that you would like to give anyone who doesn't feel like they have what it takes or what they need to fulfill their dreams? You know what? You got to stop listening to people. You can't listen to people. And I'm going to say this a million times on this throughout this podcast is that you have to meditate. And the reason why I say meditate is not like the whole uh, like Gandhi sitting and, you know, like not the fantasy of it, but really just sit quiet in your mind so that you can hear yourself um encourage yourself you know what I mean you like you hear you sit quiet and you can hear that um you're capable of anything like give a woman giving birth is a miracle you know what I mean and you are um a product of that miracle so just don't forget that and remember that you can really create anything that you want to create and all the self-doubt that you have is people who have told you things so you just have to get everybody out of the room and sit by yourself and know that you know that you know that you are the shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just got to know that you can do it and you have the power to do whatever it is that you want. Absolutely. Truly. Absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. Marcano, we like to thank you for your time. Thank you. This was great. Yeah, this was amazing. Um, and we're looking forward to just getting into this process, this journey of making this EP. Um, and it's your boy Toby the Minstrel I am one of the producers on this project and I can say that there's some fire that's about to hit the universe fire 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 so definitely stay tuned Uh, we'll we'll be giving some more updates as to uh, the progress of uh, the EP as well as giving out so much information and content via the podcast as well as our website so that way anybody who's just in the same boat who wants to do music or who wants to do anything in particular um, you can use this kind of as a, like a guideline to basically help you achieve whatever your dreams are. Um, so without further ado, Marcano's Danny last words. Uh, I hope y'all enjoy this. Let me know. Um, there's a link on the website. If you have any uh, specific questions or anything you want to say, words of encouragement, um, anything you want to just holler at us whenever you need to, we here. All right, y'all. We're signing out. This has been The Formula Marcano.